Oh, wait, no, no, there was no rigging. Alright, we're done. Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of the IMO Podcast. I'm your host, Yusuf Musa, ecstatic and happy, surprisingly, uh, for a very simple reason. But, you know, it's, it's, if you're a human, you'd know why the happiness ensues on this day. Um, how have you been? How's your week been? How's everybody been? I hope everything's okay. If you're living in the UK, how's the first week of quarantine been for you? It marks the first week. Because the, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be a Thursday. If you are listening to this on the day it is released, I don't know when you guys listen. Um, I've been fine. I've been fine. I've been doing well. I'm doing great. Energized to the core. Uh, woke up at seven. Woke up at fucking seven today. Uh, made breakfast, had my tea. And uh, woke up at seven because I have a lot of uni work. And I uh, just decided to go uh, and read. And uh, just get... get <clears throat> Get like a head start on things. Not a head start because I just literally wasted my whole reading week uh, last week by just playing video games and just uh, being lazy, which I uh, regret. And uh, yesterday I was so so depressed on myself because I woke up at four o'clock afternoon, three o'clock afternoon, got out of bed four o'clock because, uh, you know, I said, fuck it, let's procrastinate on the phone while we're in bed, which I'm sure many people are victims of. And, um, yeah, throughout the whole day I was just depressed, you know, just played uh, one of the most depressing games ever, although fun in terms of just the way the game goes is NBA 2K21 career mode, um, not the best of games, it has many problems, but there's something about it, like it's a perfect game to listen to while you're just listening to an audiobook or a podcast, to be honest, it's a great, because of the sort of uh, non-career mode-wise, non-audio requirement of the game, and just doesn't require that much intellect if you play the way I play, which is just, uh, find the urban guy, get the assist, uh, I'm open, shoot, uh, rebound, uh, steal, uh, block. You know, that's I play a very boring 2K game. I play uh, my character. I made him after my favorite basketball player, Magic Johnson, but uh, not accurately a Magic Johnson because I guy was a six foot nine beast. And on 2K, when you create, if you make a six foot nine point card, uh, which is what Magic Johnson was, you, your stats go down considerably, like by minus. Uh, Minus ten on the uh, on the uh, three point shooting on the ball handling, which isn't is never fucking great. But that's what I did. Uh, so because of the whole depressing day yesterday, I decided to wake up at seven today. Um, woke up at seven, meditated, had breakfast, all efficiently. Well, my phone was downstairs charging, which I need to do more often because that makes me more effective per day. Uh, charged it downstairs and I relied on my alarm clock which is glued on the wall in an area that I can only reach if I get out of bed and stand up and press the button uh, which is also very effective as well it's one of those digital clocks that are really nice um, woke up, had that breakfast you know, had that tea uh, I mixed MCT oil with my tea which I think is uh, great in the morning just to get that sort of healthy fat I know many people in a ketogenic diet know what an MCT oil is but, um, yeah, it's basically a, a more concentrated version of uh, coconut oil. It has no flavor because it's just taking the chemical 
sort of thing. And uh, I bought it for the purpose of my mum, really, because um, we have a history of Alzheimer's in the family, and I don't know if my mum has any any time will tell. But uh, I read, well, I listened to Jim Carrey say it. Now, this was in Jim Carrey's Mushrooms phase, where he was doing a lot of art and suddenly became like a socialist and uh, a champion of Bernie Sanders' politics and... You know, just just also this was in the phase where he became uh, sort of a very hippie, his hippie phase, Jimmy Jim Carrey. Now he realizes he's broke. He's back doing movies, but oh, he's also Joe Biden. He's also Joe Biden in SNL, which brings us back to the election. Um, I preferred Woody Woody Harrelson as Joe Biden, just because I love Woody Harrelson, but then again, Jim Carrey's performance is great as well, but it's more like, hey, it's deeper like this, and I don't know, and he talks like this, and Joe Biden talks like a, a really old uh, uh, snake, uh, solid snake from Magic Gear Solid. Um, so, let's not get into tangent with the election so yeah i heard this when he was on the uh when jim carrey was on the uh hopefully soon to be revived norm mcdonald show after that whole uh, not a norm mcdonald show on netflix but norm mcdonald live the podcast which was the precursor to the norm mcdonald show which led him to get that contract on netflix which was later doomed by the fact that norm mcdonald was just being norm mcdonald uh no need to delve into the story if you want i will delve into the story which is quite hilarious but um i will i fucking love norm mcdonald anytime if, this, if it's going into norm mcdonald for a podcast he you know i'm gonna fucking talk about norm mcdonald um uh, and Jim Carrey said, well, you put a bit of the MCT oil uh, into your tea uh, or coffee, and that sort of opens up the pathways in your brain that potentially uh, studies have shown that potentially get rid of Alzheimer's. Now, if Jim Carrey's a smart guy, and if Jim Carrey says something like that, I'm bound to believe it and not research it. Um, could be false. I haven't been asked to, uh, you know, uh, check the falsities of it. Uh, let's check it right now. MCT oil and Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh man, this is a great podcast already. Fake news. MCT oil and uh, Alzheimer's. MCT oil, Alzheimer's. Two clinical trials reported that MCT supplements improve cognitive function and mild cognitive impairment, and Alzheimer's disease patients who do not carry the APO genotype or were attacked with APO carriers. Uh, is MCT oil safe for elderly? MCT oil may help boost your strength if you're elderly and weak. Uh, how do you reverse Alzheimer's and dementia? Balance your blood sugar with a home. Okay. Uh, is MCT uh, dietary neuro... Neuro... What is that word? Neuroketotherapeutics. Is that a whole fucking word for Alzheimer's disease? All right. Let's see. Let's read this article from NCBI. Alzheimer's disease is a devastating neurodegenerative disease with introduction. Alzheimer's disease, MCT, administration, shows the combined pathways of key surgery for okay. Oh, so yeah, it does open some sort of pathway. They made mega intrusive ketosis after Wow. Prolonged fasting. Oh, wow. So yeah, ketogenic diet as a whole helps against this whole. Alzheimer's thing, but you know, if you want to just gradually prevent it throughout time, then yeah, mix that MCT oil with the with the with the with the with the with the with your tea with your coffee. Um, I know bulletproof coffee, motherfuckers. 
the guys who put butter and fucking uh, MCTO in their coffee are just elite, man. Just fucking elite. Those guys can... Uh, if you have any weight issues, then just start do, yeah, drinking bulletproof coffee in the morning and that will sort of help reduce the amount of sort of consumption that you do because it tends to inhibit your appetite i used to do that uh not knowing that it's not good for people with low body fat percentage uh which was the initiation and sparkle of my troubles with caffeine um i now only drink one cup of tea a day if needed um i've actually drank two today but but because uh you know this day was uh Decided to go risque. It decided to go risque. Risque on that shit. Um, so, yeah. So, I woke up and then had, had a shower, had my breakfast. Uh, then decided to read the uni readings all I needed, which was a critique on, uh, if you know the lingo, Hug and Marx, not Karl Marx, Hug and Marx, M A. Like marks and Spencers, that sort of marks, like a, a mark of death, not an X. It's with a KS at the end. Hugo Marx is a sort of critique on Hugo Marx's cleavage theory, which is the idea that, you know, sort of cleavages is the idea that uh, the way political ideology spread within political parties, like back in 1945, it was the working class versus the uh, conservative the socialists, liberal socialists versus the conservatives, all that shit, and uh, that's what, that's a cleavage. And Hugo Marx sort of go into the idea of cleavage theory and how it goes in and all that shit. And uh, the rise of populism and the rise of Euroscepticism, uh, which was an essay that uh, I had to read today, uh, sort of shows that uh, sort of goes against some of the aspects of the Hugo Marx cleavage theory, but also supports some of the aspects. And in many ways, it didn't. It didn't sort of fully verify the idea that uh, parties will be toppled. Uh, it verified the idea that parties won't, political parties won't <clears throat> change, won't be flexible with their ideas because they've been established for a very long time and we saw that with the fact that conservatives well now they've sort of took a more eurosceptic approach with boris johnson but for most of the mainstream political spheres the two-party system leaders weren't eurosceptic at all they followed the sort of uh thatcherite economics um and then which later gave rise to ukip and eventually made ukip succeed and get what they want um so the idea that no it's not going to destroy the like pies it's not going to destroy the pie the pie still remain but new sort of avenues will open i think that's a more uh, that's the understanding from the rise of uh, sort of nationalist populism um uh, as opposed to the Hugo Marx initial theory which is that the parties will just be the main parts will become frivolous and give rise to new ones when in reality it was like the main party stayed but they were uh, it was expected for them to not be flexible but they still are dominant that's why I understood from the essay and I understood that the rise of populism is heavily linked to the economic crash and the austerity packages and all that shit. Economic crash in 2009 and all that from the uh, housing market crisis uh, and the sort of debtor versus uh, debtee. Um, European Union bullshit. So 
uh, I was reading that, and uh, to my surprise, uh, I couldn't read it and understand it. So I decided to take a two-hour nap and wake up at two, and then spend an hour on my phone procrastinating. Effective day, effective day, and then work away free and read it. And uh, all I have to do is wake up early and watch the lecture and watch the and then get ready for the seminar because the lectures are pre-recorded. Um, then I decided to play some two K, uh, fixed the glitch. On 2K21, on PC, 2K21 is a console game. As my, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a console game. It's a console game. As my favorite reviewer, uh, Mac, uh, owner of the YouTube channel, Earthby, would say uh, console games. Uh, any PC player will know what I mean by a console game. Uh, basically, what a console game is, the idea that the game is geared for consoles more than PC. And uh, that's what 2K21 is. Uh, went through the whole career mode, and yesterday went through the whole career mode. Went through the whole draft thing, and as soon as I joined the draft, uh, I and then I'm in the NBA. I'm in with the Clippers. My God, thank God, the team I wanted: uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly. Uh, gonna get replaced, Patrick Beverly. But the bullshit is there's something wrong with the whole thing because uh, I'm a six for eight point guard, and they keep paying me a small forward. Because they drafted another point guard called Cobb, who's part of the story, which is just bullshit. Like, why don't you make Cobb a, a another a shooting guard or something, depending on the on the position? Because if you're going to end up with a team on with Cobb, why would you want to compete with the same position? So I wish they made Cobb a shooting guard in terms of the build and all that shit. But he's obviously a point guard, like a modern-day point guard in terms of three-point shooting, whereas mine is more like a Magic Johnson player. Um, six for eight, actually, my player. Uh, with a, with a potentially 99 acceleration. Um, if I get the gym rat badge. But I did that and... Uh, Went in, and then on my first NBA, I can't sim, because uh, at the beginning of the year, I played NBA 2K21, and if you haven't, I'm going to explain it for you. Uh, when you join an NBA team and you get through the draft, this is my career, by the way. You play as a player, and then you control this player throughout the game. Uh, at the end of the NBA draft, uh, and you jo- you join a team, you um, cannot, you're not a starter. You have to earn the right to become a starter. So you most of the time, you're on the bench, and you're dedicated like 10 minutes of play. Or, or something along those lines. Um, depending on uh, how long your uh, quarters are. I play 12-minute quarters just for the f- fun of it. And um, uh, just uh, and uh, when I was... There was a glitch that didn't allow me to sim through the uh, moments where I was on the bench. And I had to sort of play the game at 60 hertz, put V-Sync on, put dynamic V-Sync on, and play with my video control panel settings. Uh, that fixed it. It's just a fucking bullshit. The fact that I can't play on higher refresh rate is uh, pretty much annoying, in my opinion. But at least it's capped at 60, and I've got really high frames anyway. Um... So yeah, that's been the the, the, the 2K21 journey, and uh, so far so good. The game is uh, quite the uh, the delight for me. I know, you know, uh, listen to audiobooks. I've been I've been banging audiobooks, man. I, I finished uh, I, I just because I started working at Harris Toys, uh, where I work, and hopefully I remain working after this fucking 
incredible shit. You know, there a lot of Harry Potter matches there, and I don't know. I've never read the books. I've seen the movies. I understand a lot of the stuff, but like, uh, I know what the Horcruxes are. That's the extent of uh, Sirius Black and all that shit. Favorite character. Uh, um, that's all. I know. I know movie knowledge. I know movie knowledge. I don't know book knowledge, so I cannot be asked to um go through the uh the uh reading process of the books because it's seven and they uh, sort of uh, gradually extend in terms of thickness uh, so it's not really a fun journey is it so i decided to go through audiobooks and uh to my surprise uh, i knew i knew this i'm not acting to my surprise but to your surprise if you may not know uh stephen fry is the narrator of the harry potter books um and it has been a splendid fucking journey so far. I've finished, I've finished the Philosopher's Stone, and uh, now I'm halfway through. Like I probably have only four hours of the uh, uh, Chamber of Secrets. Uh, to my surprise, the first two movies are pretty akin to the, uh, the books. Uh, I'm not sure if Chamber of Secrets does a, a scene with headless, nearly headless Nick's um, party of, of death day party and i'm pretty sure it does because i somehow for some reason the transition between when uh mrs uh mrs mrs oh the fucking cat i forgot her name i just forgot her name sorry guys mrs uh mrs norris the cat uh for filch the the squib uh that's such a root term squib that's worse than mudblood squib you're a fucking squib filch um Sorry, I'm alienating Harry Potter. But squibs are people who aren't uh, very talented in the magic things, and uh, they need to read uh, quick potions, quick wizarding potions. But oh yeah, the fact that uh, the squib thing wasn't mentioned in the movies, Filch. The history on Filch was never sort of uh, uh, sort of uh, expanded upon. He was just this mean, rotten motherfucker. Um, yeah, I think that, and I think the nearly head and the snake pie. Although I think it was present in the Chamber of Secrets, but I just it, it's a block for me because I'm sure there was a scene when they see uh, Mrs. Norris uh, petrified, um, but I just can't remember. So I, I, when I finish the audiobooks, I'll just rewatch the movies, give myself some pleasure, uh, and then I'll be like, oh my, I'll be one of those snobby fucks. I was like, the books are so much better. Hey, listen, yeah, yeah, usually the books are better. Um, but like uh not always like come on there's been many debate between uh, um like i prefer the only time where i preferred the movie is in uh one flow of the cuckoo's nest i just didn't write like ken kessie's writing i appreciate the fact that it was from the perspective of chief the book which was pretty fucking great, but I just didn't like the writing of One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest, just the writing style of it. And this was me going from like Great Gatsby to Killer Mockingbird and then Ken Kessie. Um, I don't know. I might, I might, I might get, sort of reread it again uh, because I, it seems to be in the sort of line of On the Road, uh, not On the Road. Uh, on uh, yeah, I think it's On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Is that what it's called? Oh, uh, we'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. Sorry, I backed away from the mic. Um, yeah, I like American novels. I like Catcher in the Rye, Huckleberry Finn. There's, there's Great Gatsby. I like American novels. I don't 
sort of classic British novels. Um, I think uh, I, I like the Woodhouse stuff. I like the Woodhouse stuff a lot. Um, what else? I'm, I'm looking at my book library, hence why the audio is a bit muffled. Um, now I've, I've mostly have American novels, which is very peculiar. Uh, well, I don't yeah, uh, John Steinbeck. Uh, I have Tolkien. <laughs> that counts as British. Um, what else do I have? I have Russians. I have Tolstoy and Nabokov. Uh, Nabokov was published in the Lolita was published in America. I'm not gonna, but he's he's a one of the times of Russian literature. Yeah, I don't have many British. I have one Dickens book. Uh, Orwell, probably my favorite British writer, I guess. Uh, Orwell, Orwell's great. I just never got into Dickens. I, be, I should get into Dickens one day. Um, but. Uh, you know, because uh, Dickens was one of the main inspirers. Oh, might get into H.D. Wells. Uh, I've got a lot of Philip K. Dick. Yeah, I've got mainly American writers, which is sort of is. I just realised that that's like, oh my god, did you? Re- that's like similar extent to. Did you realise that uh, a lot of your movies have biblical meanings, despite the fact that you're an atheist when movie directors. Yeah, I get questioned that. Uh, like, uh, what's the name of the guy who did, who did uh, Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, that guy. He, they asked him that, and there was a lot of biblical meanings in his book. Um, yeah, but it sort of goes in line with my sort of comedic preferences. I grew up in American comics. I don't know a lot about British comics. I know Stuart Lee, James Acaster. Those, those are two I always admire. But in terms of just the rawness, I just uh, it's just the rawness is in America, man. It's an American art form through and through. It's most American art form. Um, Side America. Some say Mark Twain was the first one because he used to read his books out loud, and those were considered and those are fucking funny books. So that's why the Mark Twain Award exists, and Richard Pryor won the first Mark Twain Award. Um, so I had the nap. <laughs> Where I finished reading and then played some 2K and um, meditated, uh, had my lunch, and I am now recording this. Uh, yesterday was just a fucking lazy day. The day before that, I went to pick up a skateboard from my friend's house, uh, which is one of the reasons why I got so pissed off yesterday because I didn't have time to ride the skateboard. I picked up a skateboard from my friend's house. I borrowed it. I want to because I'm planning to buy a skateboard. It's always been on my mind. Uh, I think now is the best time because the streets are empty. I'll probably ride it after this podcast. I actually will ride it after this podcast. Not gonna lie, listen to some audiobooks. Uh, back to audiobooks. Uh, I've also finished uh, in terms of audiobooks. Sorry, I need to get into this tangent. Um, in terms of audiobooks, I I, I finished uh, listening to uh, Steve Martin's Born Standing Up, which is a fantastic book. Just oh my god, I love Steve Martin. I don't like not his comedy. His comedy is outdated. The only joke that works for me is is uh like it's i understand the joke and i understand the, the, the punchlines and everything but it's just outdated and this is coming from a guy who who has uh stanley kubrick's dr strange love in his top five and he didn't live in the cold war era so it, that's how outdated it was and even even steve martin commentates on it like i listen back to my albums he said this i listen back to my albums and i listen back to my audio clips because I need to write this book, uh, and I need to, to commentate on it. And even to me, some of the punchlines didn't make sense, and the fact that they laughed at it was surprising to him. Um, the only joke that was, was very funny was when he's like, uh, oh, I went to this girl's house, and she had the best pussy I've ever seen. 
And then the whole crowd's like, oh, what are you ruining? Dirty, dirty, dirty. I was like, oh, come on. I was talking about her cat. Oh, you dirty fucks, you. Oh, he doesn't say fucks, but I'm just paraphrasing it. Oh, damn. Then he says that cat was the best fuck I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was this other joke in this special. Uh, uh, was the fact that, oh, I went to this carpet store and... They said, how, how much is this carpet? And they said, $2,000. I'm just exaggerating the price. I don't know the exact price. And he's like, oh, fuck. Well, listen, I'll just have two pieces of that carpet and just glue them to my shoes and then I'll just walk around with those in the house. <laughs> it was just, just a ridiculous joke. And then the, the other one was with his uh, one-string guitar solo where he's playing the banjo and then the guy swaps around and he plays... <laughs> <laughs> plays one string and gets her back you know sort of showing the superiority of the giant of the banjo and then they have a one string guitar and then takes it out and then plays the banjo <laughs> and then king tart just some it was very ridiculous and definitely part of the whole vietnam uh era it felt like now i'm not like I'm not trashing Vietnam era comedy like that Mont- monty python was vietnam era comedy and that shit is hilarious I hear my talking arms raising the American government. Hey, yeah, listen, I got into Monty Python when I two years ago. Okay, leave me alone. Um, uh, I got into the UCK seven years ago. Um, yeah, I was I was thirteen when I got into the UCK. Nah, that's an exaggeration. I was fourteen, fifteen, somewhere around that age when I got into the UCK, and that was the first comedian. I was like, oh wow, what a great comic. He's funny. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm not trashing Vietnam era comedy. I'm just saying. Mm. You know, some of the stuff doesn't land, and even Steve Martin says it doesn't land. It's just strange how someone could shoot up this much. And he says he has spent 10 years learning it, and 4 years uh, refining it, and 4 years of success. His new special with Martin Short is fucking hilarious, though. Like, that shit's funny. Um... He, he has this joke as like uh, uh, taking a piss out of country music uh, I don't mean to denigrate people who like country music and to the people who like country music denigrate means put down <laughs> which is funny and then there's, there's a backpipe scene with Martin Short it's just it was funny um, it's funny it's funny uh, so yeah Born Standing Up the audiobook narrated by the man himself Steve Martin uh, that was great. Finish that. And what's great about the audio base? If you buy, if you get a membership and buy a book with your credit, you can later finish it and replace it, and it's like an instantaneous refund to the credit. And then re- get. So basically, what you do is you go on the Audible website for a browser and uh, go on your account and then order a uh, refund for the audiobook that you just finished. If you bought it with an Audible credit, if you bought it with cash, it's going to take five to seven days for the refund, depending on your bank. But if it's with a credit, you can you get an instant refund. And then by that time, you can just get another book and every month you get an extra credit. So it's it's a really good program uh, if you want to just binge through uh, a bunch of uh, books that have no sort of... Uh, writing superiority like you're not you no one's gonna audio book um like i don't i've never read this book but i don't think i ever will read it but like this is the perfect song no one's gonna audio book james joyce's ulysses because that's the thing about that book is it's uh, it's a superior uh, uh it's a superior example of writing uh, no one's gonna audio book like a war and peace or uh dostoevsky because a lot of it is sort of reflecting 
on stuff. Uh, if I mean, if you are someone who's blind, then yeah, you're gonna have to audiobook it. But you, you know, Braille, Braille is, is a replacement if if you want to do War and Peace. Hey, if anyone's sort of deaf here, or knows any deaf person, and they're into sort of like deep Russian literature, I, I want to know how they uh, going to going to how they went through reading like stuff like war and peace did you go through braille or did you go for audiobooks and an important reflect and all that shit look at me i haven't even finished i haven't even started reading war and peace i'm too scared to start that fucking book um i really am and i got these really nice print prints and i sort of really like it i'm too i'm too fucking scared to start that but i don't want to go through another sort of revolutionary mindset in my head and go through listen i've already gone through i think i've gone through my second personality change phase like truman capote one australian breakfast at tiffany's that the average human being goes through four uh personality changes and uh he's uh, quoting that holly go lightly only stayed at one but in reality we know she didn't uh, if you read the book um <clears throat> no spoilers uh, uh so yeah I've already went through two. I don't want to go through the third one. All right, acid sort of triggered the second one. I'm not gonna lie, but I want to trigger the third one. I really don't. I'm scared. If, you, if anyone who's been through personality changes knows that it's scary to be like, oh fuck, my friends that I've been with for years, I've, you know, did not. I no longer want them as friends. Like, imagine if you reach that sort of phase in your life. That's just treacherous. Um. Now people grow apart, you say, well, yeah, but, like, you just wasted seven years of your life with these guys only to realize that it wasn't worth it. <laughs> like, do you know how depressing that is? Like, oh, well, they're just friends. It's not like it's a relationship. Well, I've never been in a sort of relationship in my life. I don't know the extent of... No, the way I'm talking, no. I don't know the extent of, uh, of, like being in that long of a relationship and the amount of wasted time for it ever too, too scared of that commitment um, because it, it requires it requires something that I don't think I have not from like well yeah not like I think I can lead way around it the whole you know exclusivity to a woman sort of thing but I just don't I like the only benefit I can see from having a relationship, apart from the sex, of course, is is the smiles, the the overwhelming giddiness of smiles. But smiles are like the energy of a smile is like a joke. It fades away after a while, just like Steve Martin's um, stand up initial stand up career. You know, so why would I invest in a smile for such a prolonged period and give someone an increasing matter of trust when I know eventually the smiles and energies we have is going to end? That's something that I I wrap my head around all the time when thinking about getting into a relationship. Um, the smiles, and then I do stand up like. 
that's enough of a self-esteem boost for me, so there's no need for, oh, if with every man comes a woman, a great woman to lift him up, sort of situation. With every great man, there's a woman to lift him up. That's sort of quote, I don't know. With every, you know, the, like, you know, those quotes, like, with every cucumber comes a woman, and, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, And, uh, I really stand up, like, I can't, the laughter, the laughter I get from a joke that lands, and the adrenaline I get from failure as well, is enough of a relationship for me. It's it's a relationship with something deeper, a deeper meaning to it. Well, no, obviously the human beings are deeper than a joke. Is but like the process of it, the falling in love with the form of it, the craft of it is is. Mm, I'd rather be in with that than sort of be in a relationship. And I'm not saying, like, oh, this is a relationship or comedy, but I'm just saying stand-up is enough for me. And um, that's the sad truth, really. And then you're like, oh, you're just scared of getting in a relationship. You say, oh, yeah, this is just... Uh, by summary, I'm just scared, but not in the sense of, like, oh, my God, commitment. In the sense that I feel like it's a frivolous pursuit. That's what I think. That's why I truly believe. I feel like it's a, for me, because yeah, I get lonely sometimes. Yeah, I need, I need the sort of hug of a of a, of a woman I'm attracted to every now and then. But that's just a primal urge. Like that's the inner ape, you know. That's not like this sort of uh, the higher being that it's not coming from the higher being that God made us into um when compared to apes it's not coming from that it's coming from a primal need and uh i can't rectify both of those in a sense if you get what i mean i can't i don't necessarily sort of uh my my thought process refuses to put those in the same sort of manner. The primal urge for sexual intercourse against the... Seeing it as also a sort of, sort of self-growth spiritual approach. You know, the that's the reason why the humans you know, are considered superior to God. And uh, sub, not superior, uh, superior to, to, to angels. Um... So, and I feel like the primal need for sex is not part of the reasons. It's the, that's the primal reason. You know what I mean? That's an ape-like mentality. And I sort of, how do I phrase this? Sort of refuse to, to consider them both in the same manner. Which... And because of that, I, I see a relationship as frivolous, as one of the factors to be frivolous. And then you got the sort of a human bondage, a relationship sort of thing. And I don't see much growth for me in that regard, because it's all smiles and arguments and human cooperation. But at the same time, I can sort of replace that with having a crowd to joke to you know what I mean 
Like if you if you ever performed live and saw people, oh my god, he's his guitar playing is insane. Like I'm fucking, you know, he's he's he, he, oh my god, he sings like Bruce Springsteen, like or any sort of performing like improv. Like you understand that audience is a perfect replacement for a relationship, and it's it's a sad truth uh, for me, for me at least. Not like it's a sad truth, but for me, it's a perfect replacement. Uh, it's a sad truth, but that will forever be the truth in my head because I could have a problem with someone uh, pissing me off and making me feel insecure, and then I could uh, get a laugh. And that problem seems completely frivolous, you know. And then the idea that I can only get a smile, I've said this before, the only thing that I can benefit off is the giddiness and the smiles of it. But, um, I don't know. Would I, would I maintain the energy? I never know. Because as I said, the smile was like a joke, it'll fade away after a while. Um... Not if, like, if you say a joke twice, it's like a comedian with a bit that he rehearses. That he performs multiple nights multiple for a year or something. It fades away after a while. It becomes... It doesn't It doesn't have a joy in it, you know? It's like a battery. And that's the part that sort of takes me away from relationship, in a sense. Plus the fact that I've never been lucky with men. Um, that is also a massive factor. And just uh, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about the situation. Yeah, this relationship is all about. Well, this, this has been rather fucking personal. Um, so yeah, I firmly believe that having an audience to go to every now and then and receive negative or positive feedback from is a perfect replacement for a relationship. It's not a healthy replacement. One day I'm going to have to wise it up and be like, fuck, I need I need someone. I need someone to sort of hug when I'm sleeping. You know, that sort of feeling. I need that feeling. And granted, uh, I'm not saying that I, I wouldn't be happy in a relationship. Of course I would. But I'm just saying I'm wasting my time with it because I know it's going to fade away after a while and that hinders the the foundational that hind progress of bondage between male and female for me like you know it takes a while for a man to understand a woman and it takes a uh, a while for a woman to understand a man like yeah now you men are simple but yeah, like, come on, I feel like we're complicated enough, come on. Well, you guys are complicated, we can't understand you, it takes a while to understand you, and I don't think we ever will. Um, but we can avoid stuff and start arguments, and I think that's going to be an area which I won't be an expert in, uh, because of my thought process. Uh, you get what I mean? I hope you get what I mean. Uh, if not, then just contact me on Instagram, Yusuf101, Yusuf101. Uh, shameless plug. Um, let's move on to that. I've been I've been addicted to something that is uh very uh, depressing to me. Uh, I've been addicted to uh Transformers toys. Um, yeah, that's very depressing because I'm nearly twenty one, 
and I want a Transformers toy. And that is uh, just sad. <laughs> also one of the reasons why I'll never be in a relationship. <laughs> yes, I'm a 21-year-old who buys Transformers toys. Um, I only have one, but I, uh, I hope I get one for my birthday. I, I sent them out. A list of whatever one I want. Apparently, there's this line that's called the masterpiece line. Uh, the one that I'm dying for is masterpiece Megatron MP39, uh, which is insane. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh, it's too sexy. It's too sexy. Masterpiece Megatron MP39 is too sexy. Oh my god, ah, this shit then can transform. It trans like it also trans it transforms into a handgun, like search up masterpiece MP39 uh, Megatron, and see the transform. It transforms into a handgun with a suppressor and a scope and a, sh- and, a and a stock. Like what more do you fucking want? Like that shit's crazy. That shit is a fucking beautiful figure. Oh my god, it's too sexy. It's too sexy. Listen, man, fuck this shit. That deep bullshit is about like why I'm just here to be in relation. Is completely answer bullshit. It's because I have a tendency to act like a kid, and uh, yeah, this is this is one of the tendencies. Oh my god, I saw a picture of uh, masterpiece uh, Starscream and, and uh, masterpiece Megatron and masterpiece uh, Shockwave all next to each other. Not Shockwave, not masterpiece Soundwave, all next to each other. Oh my god, it's too sexy. It's too sexy. Uh, I want the I want the ball. It goes for me. It goes masterpiece MP36 uh, Megatron and masterpiece uh, Soundwave, and then it goes into the uh, the third party ones, which is the uh, what's uh, what's that company called? Uh, fuck. They make they make these uh, third company ones. I forgot what it's called. Uh, Unique Toys. Unique Toys Challenger. Now, they make the movie-based ones, which are shit, but the figure is insane. Like, uh, Unique Toys Challenger, such that... Like, that shit transforms into a car, and there's no sort of indication of any back kibble or anything. Like, usually with the Masterpiece figures, there's, like, a backpack at the end. Of if, you have, if you're a Masterpiece fan, just search up... Uh, if you are if you know what I'm talking about, you'd know uh, Masterpiece MP44, which is... the uh, 500 fucking 349 pound uh masterpiece transformers toy with a uh, huge back uh kibble and it's not nice but the uh masterpiece uh, not this is third player one unique toys challenger is literally there's no back and it literally looks like the fallen knight figure from optimus prime and uh, it transforms into the challenger which is the mobile and it looks so fucking seamless. And then there's the Unique Toys Dragoon, uh, which is also part of the movie, but it's not called Unique. Because of copyright issues, they obviously can't say Unique Toys Optimus Prime. They have to call it a challenger. And Unique Toys Dragoon is the same one, but this is the Megatron version. And it's also fucking sick. They're too sick. These two are sick. And then, oh, mate, the, the Beast Wars ones. Oh, my God. Uh, Masterpiece Beast Wars. Oh my god, they're too sexy. They, 
there's Dinobot and there's Cheetor and there's hot oh, Cheetor's Bumblebee, Dinobot. I don't know who Dinobot is based off. It's just a character that came in Beast Wars, which I'm downloaded by the way on this fucking list so far. And then uh, Optimus Prime. He's a gorilla and his name is Optimus Primal. Uh, and then oh my god. Beast Wars MP43 Megatron. Um, he's too sexy. He transforms into. He's a purple T Rex and he has a robot mode. That is just too sick. It's too sick. Oh my god. It's too fucking sick. Oh my. Oh, yeah. This is. Uh, um, it's just. They're too beautiful. They really are. They're very beautiful. Optim- look at Optimus Prime. Well, they look exactly like how they looked in the book. An animation movie, not the animation movie, the animation series. Look at Cheetor as well. Oh my god, Dinobot. Oh man, look at that. Uh, My mom's using a blender downstairs, so in case you hear any sounds, then that's the reason. Oh my god, if you have Dinobot, if you have if you have uh, Megatron MP43. Uh, the, uh, the Beast Wars version, and if you have Optimus Primal, uh, you can do him do it in a pose where you can hold him and throw him around. And uh, yeah, these all transform. Like the MP forty three one transforms into a, a purple T Rex, and uh, Optimus Primal transforms into a gorilla, and Cheetah obviously transforms into a cheetah. And uh, Dinobot transforms into a, a, a T Rex as well. Oh, they all have their own robot. Oh my god! Yeah, this is the addiction that I have been into all because I have been working at Harrods Toys and I bought a, a War for Cybertron uh, Ultra Magnus, which the Masterpiece figure isn't that great. It's too bulky. I don't like the Masterpiece figure for Ultra Magnus. Um, I like the character. I watched the War for Cybertron movie. Um, not the movie, this show. Yeah, with a the trilogy piece, which was all great. Great uh, great season. Apart from, like, uh, Optimus Prime's character was a fucking wuss. But the development on Megatron, like, oh my god. It made sense. Like, the whole story of Decepticons, where they were fighting against the elitist Autobots and... Then Megatron became too hungry for power and became corrupt, and thus it made the uh, Autobots seem like better. Yeah, all that shit. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, like I have these addictions for mechanical objects. I'm a sucker for mechanical things. I'm a sucker for watches, and I don't own a watch. I just know a lot about watches. I wish I could own a watch, but I'm like, oh, I spent too much money on that shit. And then I'm a sucker for, like, knives. Like, if I had money, I would have a collection of Transformers, knives, and watches. Like, oh, Brench, Benchmade, Griptidian. Oh, my God. Griptidian. Like, that Benchmade is a knife company. Uh, you can't collect them in the UK, which is annoying. Benchmade, Griptidian. That knife is too sexy. Look at that knife. Oh, there's nothing special about it, Yusuf, man. That's a knife. Benchmade. Oh, so fucking cool. It is a cool fucking knife. It's such a cool knife. It really is. I don't, I don't give a shit. Oh, and then Spyderco Domino. Oh. This, that's a perfect knife because it doesn't look like... It doesn't look like it's an actual knife, but it's fucking sharp. Spyderco Domino is uh, one of the best fucking knives I've ever seen in my life. 
Uh, it's too beautiful from the handle to the spider claw logo to the whole. Oh man, listen, I'm making this sound like porn, but it actually is to my eyes. Oh, and then, and then, and then the oh, Benchmade 43, which is a a, a, a bow song. Uh, Benchmade 43, which is a butterfly knife. Oh my God, look at that! There's two beautiful, and then the Spiderco uh, Spiderfly, I think it's called Spiderco. Butterfly uh, knife. I forgot what it's called. Butterfly. And there's obviously other variations. And yes, if you can buy a spider coat, you get PK for all the my knives and videos. Yeah, I know I can buy spider coat. Yeah, spider coat, small fly, and then spider coat, butterfly. Yeah, I was right. Uh, uh, spider coat, balsongi. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might have a doll butterfly knife and a spider coat, UK PK. And it's like, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, why would I? Ugh, Spyderco UKPK, which is the one you can buy in the UK and carry. UKPK. Uh, shopping, let's see how much it costs. Oh my god. It's a pen knife. And these knives are great. Ugh, this, this, oh, they, they range in terms of prices and all that shit, but obviously, I haven't been following the knife market that much. Because I got, I was fascinated by them at, uh, when I was in secondary school, and I think it's been a proliferation to the point where you can't, you can get a good knife for a fraction of that price, of the price of the Spyderco ones. Like uh, Benchmade are like five hundred pounds, and Spyderco ones are like up to two hundred, two hundred pounds, three hundred pounds onwards. Um, there's Boca as well. Boca make great knives, and and. Uh, I've got the brands, but yeah, yeah. So anything mechanical, I'm just a ticket to. And the mechanics within these Transformers toys is fucking great. Like if you watch like the transformation of Masterpiece Megatron MP36 to a fucking gun, ah, oh, it's too sexy. The mechanics behind it, oh, it's just it's like a child dream alongside a man's mechanical sort of. Love me like women are like, what's the deal with mechanical stuff and all that shit? I'm like, you just listen. We just like these stuffs. We like tools. We like cars. This is what we like. And yeah, so that's been my addiction. Hopefully, I became one in my birthday. Hopefully, if not, I'll just buy one myself. Oh man, masterpiece MP36 Megatron. Oh, it's too sexy. Too sexy. Ah, uh, yeah, that's my week so far. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the, uh, 21st episode of, uh, the IMO podcast. I don't know how long this episode was. Let's see. Oh, 15 minutes. Uh, longer than usual. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, love you all. I hope you guys enjoy your week and enjoy your Thursday. I'm recording this on Wee Wednesday, R.I.P. R- R- Pop Smoke. And, uh, yeah. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.